Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. And help me welcome our internet family if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, welcome and we're glad you're here. We've had a good morning and uh, it's my favorite day of the week. And guess what? All my favorite people showed up. So this, this is going to be awesome. Hey, got time for a quick joke? I tried it out last service and uh, seemed to go okay. So uh, what do you get when you cross an atheist with a Jehovah's Witness? Somebody knocking at your door for no reason. All right. Hope you're not offended. It's funny to me. Hey, today I want to also acknowledge uh, that today is Sanctity of Human Life Sunday. And I want you to be reminded in a day where our culture is kind of skewed on a number of things, even our laws in, in many ways, that God is the author and giver of life. Life is sacred. Life has dignity. Life is precious and to be valued from when it's just the few first cells forming all the way to the final breath of an aged person. Life is sacred. Life comes from God and we honor life. And even though things are going on in our world, I want us to hold that in our hearts and continue to pray for right things concerning that as well. Amen. So I just want to share that with you quickly today. Well, let's, let's dive in back into our series here. Extraordinary. Everybody say Extraordinary. You sound so smart when you say extraordinary. Um, We're sharing with you great practices that lead to a better life. I know of no life that could not have something come up, some area of life to improve. So the great thing about these great practices that will actually improve your life, make some things in life better, um, you can do them. You can do them. Not only can you do them, you should do them, you must do them, and uh, I'm so glad that this is not something that just only a few people can do. This is something that's applicable for, for every one of our lives today. The first week, we talked about good morning, good night, and I shared with you just some practical and spiritual things that will help you have a better morning. Now, follow my logic here. If you have a better morning and you have a better night, chances are you're going to have a better day, and you string a few of those together and you're going to have a better life. And so those practices help us in that regard. Last week we talked about, my subtitle was, It's All in Your Head. It's All in Your Head. And we talked about your thoughts and the importance of your thoughts. And the reality is that you can actually choose your thoughts and you can actually change your thoughts. And this has so much to do with your soul. And we just, during communion time, we're talking about restoring our soul. Your soul is where you think and feel and decide. So it's very crucial what goes on in the soul. And so for him to restore our soul, but also for us to choose and, and when necessary, change the thoughts that are going on inside of us. And then today, I want to talk about another great practice for a better life. We want to talk about prayer. Everybody say prayer. prayer. And who is it that can pray? No, only pastors. (laughs) Joking, joking. Who can pray? You can pray. You don't have to have a 16-week course and a certificate to pray. You don't have to have a certain pedigree. Do you know what the the most prayed prayer ever is? You ready? 
Help. Come on, let's do it one time. Help, help. And it's the most answered prayer too, I'm sure. You know, but you can pray. We can pray. And I want to talk about some aspects of prayer here this morning. We have been given an incredible privilege, an powerful privilege to be able to connect with the Almighty God. And in connecting with the Almighty God, He's not just Creator, Redeemer, Almighty, He is also our Heavenly Father. And we connect with Him through this privilege of, of, of prayer. And then understand this, that prayer, your, your life, the road of your life, how many of you know you are on a journey, you are traveling your road of life, um, your future is paved in prayer. Everybody say, my future, my future. is paved in prayer. Paved. And what that means is through prayer, through the process and practice of prayer, the road of your life is paved. This has happened to me numerous times where I come up on that road, metaphorically, I'm coming up on that road to a place where there's barricades up, you know, that under construction, I can't, I can't seem to make progress. And then we try to go off road. You and I are not made for off road. And the problem really is this, through prayer, I've not been getting ahead. Now understand this, prayer does not change the immediate. Prayer reaches into your future. It reaches into your next step. You can't change the right now. But prayer can prepare your future. Read carefully the verses on prayer in Scripture, and you'll see that pretty clearly as well. But prayer gets out ahead of you. Prayer prepares that path. And a lot of you, that may be what's going on in life or relationships or business even, is you're not out there ahead in prayer. You're just showing up. And we need God to go ahead of us in prayer. If you understand that, say amen. So it's important then understanding that I can connect to an almighty God and my future is paved in prayer. It's important for us to realize this and look at me for this. Stop praying weak prayers. Stop praying weak prayers. And here's our big thought today right here. Pray big prayers to a big God. Read that with me. Pray big prayers to a big God. One more time. Pray big prayers to a big God. In James chapter 4, it says, you do not have because you do not ask. And I'll be honest with you this morning. There are times in my life where I'm stressing over something, worrying about something, something's not coming together. I don't have something that I need. And I will realize I do not have because I have not asked. I haven't, I haven't prayed about it. So, you know, we need to be prayerful, making sure that we are praying. E.M. Bounds is a Christian writer. He's written volumes on prayer. Here's one of his quotes that I really love. Prayer kills Satan. Prayerlessness kills you. So we want to make sure that we're active, that we have an active prayer life. In Luke chapter 18, Jesus said this, that you ought to pray and not give up. Which if I kind of reverse the emphasis on that or reverse it so we can see the emphasis, a lot of times when we give up, it's because we're not praying. Some of you today might be feeling tempted to give up, feeling like I'm all but give, uh, giving up on this or this or them. And, and the reality is make sure that you are praying. Prayer can make the difference in that, and it's important that we have prayer going on in our life. And then prayer ultimately is talking with God. It's talking with God. Don't make it so high, uh, so far off that you can't participate in it. You know, we can pray. You, he, so many of the 
promises and directions concerning prayer. It's like, it's for whoever. It's for whoever. He's inviting us into this conversation with him. But prayer is talking with God. And yes, you can do that. And I encourage you to do that. Um, And when you do that, that is vital. Good communication is vital to relationship. You know, my wife and I have been married since 1984. And so yesterday in the kitchen, we had a talk. And so it wasn't an argument. It wasn't that. But it wasn't completely comfortable the whole time. I'm being real vulnerable with you. And, and there were some things I needed to say to her. There's some things that I wanted her to hear me on. And guess what? She had some things she wanted to say to me. Some things she wanted to make sure I was hearing. And then some of the things we realized, what I'm hearing was not what she was saying, and what she was hearing was not what I was saying, but we were able to talk this out. And, and you know, like I said, the whole thing wasn't completely fun and comfortable. But you know what? It wasn't an hour later I passed her, um, you know, in the house, and she goes, you know what? That was a good talk. And, and what I felt the whole day was I felt stronger. I felt more at peace. I felt more encouraged. You know, because good communication is vital to relationship. So prayer is our part in in communicating with God and keeping that relationship. Now, I want you to hear this if you hear nothing else today, but please hear everything else too, okay? The most precious, powerful thing that you and I could ever have in this life or beyond this life is a relationship with God. Seriously, bottom line, I don't know what you're pursuing or what you think you need to have to make life, um, you know, totally fulfilled. There are many wonderful, noble, godly things to pursue, but the most precious, the most powerful, the most critical thing, if I can use that word, is a relationship with Almighty God. And and prayer, communication is going to be a vital part of that relationship. Amen? So, all of that taken together... You need to have, first of all, a pattern of prayer. A pattern. Come on, say it with me. Pattern of prayer. And by this, I mean that prayer is a part of your life. It's not just something you do every now and then, but it's a regular part of your life. There needs to be a pattern. Daniel, uh, who wrote the book called Daniel in the, in the Old Testament, self-titled, um, he had a pattern of prayer. It says that three times a day, He would bend his knees and he would pray to God and give God thanks. And it says it was his custom since he was was a little boy. Jesus had a pattern of prayer. Uh, We read in John chapter 18 that that, uh, Judas, who betrayed Jesus, uh, it says clearly in John 18 that he knew where Jesus would be because he knew Jesus was often there praying with the disciples. So he knew to go to the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, Look in Luke chapter 5 real quick. It says, as often as possible, Jesus withdrew to out-of-the-way places for prayer. When? As often as possible. He had a pattern of prayer in his life. And I imagine that Jesus' prayers were a whole other level than our prayers because the disciples even said this to him at one point. Teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. And so notice this. As often as he could, he had a pattern of prayer. He would go to even out-of-way places to have a time of prayer. I ran across this quote probably 30 years ago, but this is powerful in my life. Here it is. Jesus went from place of prayer to place of prayer to place of prayer with miracles in between. 
He didn't go from miracles to miracles to miracles and then pray a little bit in between. He went from place of prayer to place of prayer to place of prayer with miracles in between. Why do we think we should be doing anything less? And here's the thing. When he was at those places of prayer, I don't think he was praying about, you know, God, I hope I can get some new sandals out here in the desert or wish they had more restaurants here in the desert. Now, I don't think that's what his prayers were about. Jesus was about the inbreaking, the invasion of the kingdom of God in, into the earth. And so no wonder, uh, marked by the miracles that took place, those must have been big prayers. So again, do not pray weak prayers, pray big prayers to a big God. Pray daily, pray often, pray for the normal things. Pray over your breakfast, pray over your kids, pray over your pets, pray over your travel, pray over, you know, all the things that need to happen day in and day out. Pray for those things and regularly make that a part of your pattern of prayer. But beyond those things, you need to do this. And here we go again. You need to pray big prayers to a big God. Read it with me again. Pray big prayers to a big God. In essence, we're saying this, pray extraordinary prayers. Pray extraordinary prayers for extraordinary things. So here's the question to ask. Can God handle a big request? Now, I don't want just the Sunday school answer. Can God handle, what if you had like a doozy, a big request, hard stuff? Can God handle a big request? There, there's some little kids in my neighborhood from time to time. They'll set up a little lemonade and cookie stand. And sometimes they'll get out in the road even, so you almost have to stop, you know. <laughs> they're probably six, seven years old. And, you know, they've got a little TV tray, and they're all, all set up there. But what if, what if some big corporate guy came into the neighborhood, pulled up, screeched to a stop, got out of a limo, and walked over to those little kids and said, I've got a convention, 3,000 people flying in tomorrow. I need you guys to cater. Could they handle that big request? No. Let's say you owned a big ranch, cattle ranch, and you've, you've got a little three-year-old, four-year-old little boy. And you say, hey, I got to go out of town, but I need you to finish chopping that wood, fix that fence, and move the cattle from this pasture over to this pasture. Do you think he could handle that request? No. But do we think that God can handle a big request? Come on. Can, can he? And this is what we need to understand. He can. But so often, here's what we do. It's like God shows up with earth-moving equipment. And all we ask him to, all we really kind of trust him to do is, can you help me get that moss and leaves off the sidewalk? And he has this capacity to do so much more than what we're asking him. And yet we need him to help us. So here's the biggie for us today. Your view of God. Your view of God, your view, your personal view of God matters. And I'm going to tell you in a post-Christian, post-truth culture that we live in, you know, God, excuse me, God is maligned daily. God is denied daily. God is minimized daily. And we don't get our cues from our culture. We get our cues from our creator. And we need to be reminding ourselves, here's your Bible study right here. Here's your, here's your Bible study. How big is your God? How strong? How able? How willing? How experienced? How wise is God? Because your view of God informs everything else. If you don't think that he's able, 
to handle the request, you're going to give him just these little, tiny, busy jobs, if anything. And so what you need to wrestle to the ground, what needs to become very, very clear to you is how big is God? And I pray that's a question that you'll wrestle with. How big is God? Get back into God's word. Listen to the stories of others. And determine for yourself, is God big? Is God strong? Is God able to do this? Is God wise enough? Does he have enough experience in this? And we need to settle that in our lives, our view of God. Amen? Amen. Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17. Jeremiah the prophet writes, Ah, Lord, God, exclamation point. Do you know what he's saying in essence? O-M-G. He's amazed by something. It's an aha moment. And he says, behold, he says, I'm, I'm seeing this. Look at this. You have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. And then he comes to a conclusion. Here's the conclusion. Read it with me. There is nothing too hard for you. One more time. There is nothing too hard for you. You've got to realize that there's nothing too hard for God. There's nothing that God cannot do. And once we're assured of that, you need to ask him to do the hard stuff. And what is the hard stuff? Let's just talk about it. Some of you need your marriage healed. Some of you need, you're in a dangerous situation. Some of your finances are a mess. And maybe even you messed them up. Some of you are fighting addictions. Some of you are, are dealing with all kinds of issues that are haunting you, hurting you. Some, some of you are dealing with things where uh, none of you are making and, and you've been done wrong. And these are the tough things. This is not our daily bread things. These are the tough issues. And if you could have helped it, if you could have changed it, you would have already helped it and changed it. But you can't and you don't know anyone else who really can, but God can. And when you have a view of God that God is able to do things that I can't figure out, God is able to come up with ways. God is strong enough. He's able. He's willing. You have to know that in your heart. Then you can ask God to help you with the hard stuff, with the tough stuff. Amen? Now, I want to do something a little unusual. Um, And I don't want you to respond to this unless it's true to you, okay? There's no pressure on anybody. But if you've ever had God help you with something hard, with tough stuff, with hard stuff. God's helped you with that before. I'm going to have you stand, but hold on. I want you to stand unless it's true. And the only reason I'm having you stand, two reasons. One is to give glory to God. And the second reason is to build the faith of others. Now, some of you may not stand today. And you are as comfortable in here as anyone else. May it build your faith to see that somebody else, God did something big for them. So, in all truth, in God's house today, if God has ever done something big, if he's ever if he's ever helped you through that hard thing, maybe a couple times, if that would be you, just go ahead and stand. Now, if you're sitting, look at the people around you. They look pretty sound. Pretty stable. And, th- and this is, I hope this serves to build your faith a little bit. 
I pray that all of us would see, and I, and I would dare say if we had the time, and I went around with a microphone and said, what was it he helped you with? What was it he helped you with? What was it he helped you with? I'm promising you virtually everything that could happen in the human experience, God has fixed, God has helped, God has set free. Amen. So we give God glory. And, and may... May all of our faith, may all of our faith be built because it's important for us to know we, we can pray big prayers to a big God. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. You may be seated. So again, the question, can God handle a big request? Look with me in Ephesians chapter 3. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. Go ahead. Next verse. To him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. He is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above and beyond, get this, all that we could ask or think. Now listen, I'm a pretty good asker. And I think I'm an Olympic level thinker. And God is able to do way beyond The New Living Translation says immeasurably more than we could ask or think. The New International Version says infinitely more than we could ask or think. The Amplified Bible says far over and above all that we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. God is able to do what you can't figure out. God is able. Everybody say able. He's able to do more, way more. Can't even measure how much more than you and I could ask or think. But I think we are called to ask and to think and to pray big prayers to a big God. Not only is he able, he's looking. He's looking for an opportunity. He's looking for an invitation. Look in 2 Chronicles. The eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is loyal to him. Listen, God is able, but God is also looking. I love the way that's worded. The eyes of the Lord are running to and fro throughout the whole earth. He's just looking for opportunity. He's looking for an invitation. He's looking for a place where he can come and show himself strong. So don't just pray for the leaves. Pray for the roots. Don't just pray for a 50 cent an hour raise. Ask God to change your life. Ask God some f- for favor, for a path, for a plan, for a breakthrough. If something's stuck in your life, don't just give up and camp by it. Don't just say, well, it's been, it's been broken for so long. Come back to God again and say, God, if I missed anything on this, help me to know. But I'm coming back to you again and I'm asking you a big thing. I'm asking you to show me what to do with this. I'm asking you to show yourself strong on this. I believe this fully too. There is nothing that is locked that God cannot unlock or show you the key. So go ahead and pray. The things that seem stuck and stalled and stale and broken and and whatever it would be, ask God. God, move on this. And, And if I'm to do something, show me. Either you unlock it or show me where the key is because there's nothing too difficult for God. Can I get an amen today? Now, King Hezekiah, back in 2 Kings, He's about 40 years old. Anybody here 40 years old? Wow. How many of you used to be 40? 
How many of you one day will be 40? Okay, all right, good. I'm feeling better now. All right. King Hezekiah was about 40. He was the king. And he, um, he became ill. He was near death. And the prophet of God came to him and he said, you need to set your house in order because you're not going to recover and you're going to die. The prophet left and here's what King Hezekiah did. He went on Facebook and told all his friends. <laughs> no, he started up a GoFundMe so he could have a trip before he passed. No, here's what, here's what he did. He turned his face to the wall. He shut out everything else. And he prayed, and the Hebrew word for prayed there is a strong prayer. And then it said he wept bitterly. So he just didn't mouth a prayer with the right words. There was something bursting and exploding on the inside of him, and he called out to God. He prayed a big prayer. God tapped Isaiah the prophet and said, go back to him and tell him, I've heard his prayer. I've saw his tears. I'm going to spare his life. I'm going to add 15 years to his life. And some great things are going to happen during that 15 years. And he said, go, go to the temple in three days and the healing will begin. And he actually gave him a prescription. Now, I believe that all healing is from God. I believe that God can just touch you. I've had him do that. And I believe God can use medical science, doctors and medicine, so forth. And I've had that. All healing is from God. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. I say this and not, not as a joke. The devil's even against Band-Aids. But any healing going on, we know that, where that's from. And so he told him how to make a prescription from figs to boil them and to make this ointment and plaster and to put on where his malady was. Now, that does not mean that you run out of here and go to Vitalize or Earth Fair or whatever and go, where are the figs, please? You know, don't <laughs> let, let all this be directed by God, Okay. But he was healed. That's a powerful thing. He prayed a big prayer to a big God. Now listen to me on this real quick because I I know this. I can almost sense this. Some of you would say today, well, I had a friend once and they prayed and it didn't happen. I had another friend or this happened to me and I prayed. And and, and look at me. I, I can't explain that. I don't know. And on the bus of a whole lot of questions that that I don't know the answers to, I'm sitting on the front row of that bus. I don't know. But I do know that God is able. And we do not inform our faith and our future by our past experiences or the experiences of others. We, we go back again and wrestle this to the ground and realize God is big and God is able. And he's not weak. And he's not weakening. And he's not fading. And God's not getting pasty. Okay? God is strong and able and still. And so we just line back up again and go to God and say, here it is. And pray big prayers to a big big God. Two things you need, and just real quick, you need confidence. Confidence. Look with me in 1 John chapter 5. Now, this is the confidence. Everybody say confidence. This is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, that's his word. If we ask according to his will, his word, he hears us. So first of all, the prayer needs to be according to his will, according to his word. So you can't pray things like this. Um, God, help me with this bank robbery today, and I'll tithe. That's not his will. Well, the tithe part, no, that's not his will. That's not his will. Look at the next part. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we've asked of him, confidence. 
Our confidence of what to ask is going to come from God's word. It's almost like the menu. It's almost like the catalog of what I can ask and what I can believe God for. Next, you need boldness. Look in Hebrews chapter 4. Let us therefore come boldly, say boldly, boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help when we're praying over our toast in the morning. You weren't reading with me. That we may obtain mercy and find grace to what? To help when? In time of what? Need. This is the tough stuff. This is not I'm praying that I have a safe trip to the office. This is not just praying that my cat doesn't get out today. This is praying the tough stuff. And he says that when the tough stuff is going on, that you can boldly come to him and get what you need, the mercy, the grace, the help that you need in those times. And that's the other thing that we need to know before we're ever going to be able to pray big prayers to a big God. So I end with this today. Pray strong. Pray strong. Pray to the Father. Pray in Jesus' name. Pray according to the word. Pray in the Spirit. Pray boldly. And that kind of praying invades into the impossible. Instead, we can just stand back and nothing happens. And when nothing's happening, nothing's improving. It's always sliding back. It is time for us to once again realize how big, how strong, how able, how wise, how willing God is. And I want to encourage you today, pray extraordinary prayers. Pray big prayers to a big God and watch what happens. Amen. Did y'all get anything at all out of this today? Amen. I believe it. Let's do this real quick. Just bow your head. Hold your hands in front of you today. You know, there was a guy, just hear me for a moment, and then we're going to pray. There was, a, there was a guy in the New Testament, and his son was demon-possessed. And it was destroying his life. It was breaking the heart of his parents. It was dangerous to people around him, and nobody could do anything about it. And he came to Jesus, and he said, Jesus, if you can do anything about this, if you have the ability to do anything on this. And Jesus said, what do you mean if I can? It's not a matter of my ability. It's a matter of can you believe? He said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Believe what? Believe that God's able. And here's what he said, and this is our prayer for this morning. You ready? He said, Lord, I do believe, but help my unbelief. Help me where I don't believe. Because every one of us, there's none of us that have a perfect faith, ever. But let's make that our prayer today. Father, right now, I pray for over each one of us. We do believe that you're strong and you're able. And there's nothing that you cannot do. We do believe. But help our unbelief. Help us to be encouraged in your word. Help us to see you at work. Help us to see you in the sunrise, the sunset, and the wind hear you in your words, see you in the lives of other people and their stories. We believe, but help our unbelief and help our confidence to rise and our boldness to move us right in front of the throne of grace during the tough stuff. We pray big, big prayers to a big God and let you do an extraordinary thing in our lives. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. And amen. Hey, listen, before you leave too, and I'm going to pray over you and you will leave, you may want to track down some of the people that stood up near you and said, God did a big thing in my life. You know, because it may be the thing that you need to hear. You know, that God did something. God was faithful. God was strong in their life. 
And maybe that helps you sometimes. I know it helps me to hear the great things that God has done in other people's lives. Why don't you stand with me and we'll pray together. It's been a great morning. Father, I pray over your people now. I declare your blessing, your favor, your peace. And I'm just asking you, God, every opening, every opportunity, every invitation, show yourself strong on behalf of your people. Bless them. Give them a good day. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. 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 God bless you. I love you. Peace. You're dismissed. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.